Good evening to all. Welcome to Hidden Treasures of Yield. Very good day and looking forward to talking about the truth of God with you, Hill. I'll start again speaking to you, Phil, with everybody else. And um, after our music here, we will be back with you. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. All right, on the air, Hidden Treasures Revealed on Tuesday evening. And yeah, interesting that what came out of my mouth just a minute or so ago just makes me think of the what the question that we're going to starting out in, in the direction that Mother wants us to go, and just made me think of, you know, you say something, you're speaking to somebody about something, you know, just make sure you know what you're talking about, because you can have those moments when stuff just flies out of your mouth like that, that, you know, oop, 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 you know, or something comes out that you're not thinking is going to happen, but interesting, each time that we meet together, Sometimes we'll know a few days ahead. Most of the time for me, it's the same day or day before on what Mother wants us to start. And, and really, the where we start, you know, it's going to go in the direction that Yah wants. And the, the point of the, I guess you'd say the topic or the question to start is just to get your mind thinking, to starting out in a Socratic way to really get your mind thinking. And the reason this came to mind was we were actually walking, um, me and Phil, you and Cindy as well were walking uh, with Andrew last night, and she had mentioned that she was listening to the first chapter of Galatians, and something stood out to her that uh, caught her mind, and she had thought about it a few times, and my mind went to that, and it was this morning, I thought, you know, I was just thinking about that, I wonder, you know, what that passage was, and I got on my phone and looked it up, and was reading it, and, and it there was a passage in there that actually came to mind that I wasn't even thinking about that was in there. And that's what really started what came to mind with this direction on, do you know what you're talking about? And it was when Paul was talking about the gospel message. And this is just like Cindy had something stood out to me. And it was that Paul said that the gospel was not taught to him by any man that he got about revelation from Yeshua, the Messiah. And it made me think, okay, so with what we're doing with the truth of God and presenting the truth plainly to people, we are not presenting something that we were taught by man. We are presenting what has been given to us by revelation by Yah. And doesn't mean that we haven't learned things from other people throughout this journey of faith 
you know, experiences and things, but the information that we speak and that we know, meaning that we've got experience and we've got what's referred to as heart knowledge, is been revealed to us by Yah. We didn't just one day when we were in Christianity just wake up and say, oh, look at this message. You know, I'm so glad that we were taught this by the ministry or the leadership or whatever. It wasn't because we were meeting for a while and we were seeking this with all of our heart. And we got about Revelation, the same thing as Paul, because we were not taught step by step by mankind. We were taught by Yah this message because we didn't have this understanding until it was given to us by Revelation and taught to us by Yah. And what came to mind with that was is that when we speak things, when we are teaching, you know, I mean, we have times where we do teach and times where we're just having a conversation and we're just talking things out. But what's so important with what we're doing and the difference in what we're doing and with other podcasts is we are not just saying things that we think we know. And there are times where we will speak opinion. But the point of the truth of God is the truth of God is not about speaking opinion. It's about speaking truth, which in truth, there is no opinion. Because if there was opinion, then you could say, well, I really don't know this for sure. I'm just speaking, you know, what I think this means as opposed to, no, this is the truth of God. This is absolutely right. And it's not opinion because I know this is true. And I was just thinking about this is that even with, and we have talked about this even walking again, something with my job that somebody asked me a question. And I remember even out of my own mouth, well, I'll just tell them what I think I know about it. And then I'll just, we'll just go from there. And this really spoke to me. You had said, well, if you don't know what you're talking about, then why say anything? I was like, well, yeah, because if I don't know, then I'll say, well, I don't know that. Go and talk to this person that they should know the answer. Now I can say, I'll tell you what I do know about it, but the rest of this is going to be opinion. You know, unless if I don't know any of it, I'll just say, you know what, this is just my opinion. I don't know for sure. <clears throat> but what's going to stand out when we speak the truth to people, when it's the truth of God, is it's going to be matter of fact which means it is a matter of fact, which is true. And we don't need to be adding all kinds of things to it. You know, things that you think about it or what this could be, what, and because in my job, I work in insurance is that at times I'll tell people matter of fact, and other times I'll say, well, we can do this, we can do that. And I'm really careful now about promising people anything, unless I know absolutely sure that I can do it because you promise somebody something, they're going to hang on to that, and they're going to remember if you promised them and you didn't come through. So what came to mind with this for us talking to those listening out there that are on the journey, seeking with all your heart, the journey of faith is, is that really think about when you speak to people about truth or things that you, and it may be things that you know a little bit about or something that you don't know about, do you really know what you're talking about? And what this is, this is an evaluation of yourself. And that's why the point of the Socratic conversation is the point of the Socratic is to use questions so that you can understand what you're talking about. It isn't necessarily bringing up questions where you just get people questions to, or and you just figure it out. It's 
for you to question yourself and to question, do I really know this? Do I know everything about it? Do I know some part about it? Do I know nothing about it? And it's important because when we speak the truth, in order to speak with authority, with authority means that you know what you're talking about, that it's absolute, it's concrete. There is no wavering. Just like you've, I'm sure you've had this fellow in your past, that somebody that really speaks with passion on something, they know what they're talking about, and you can tell that they know what they're talking about because they have a passion with it, just a real conviction. And they're not, um, uh, well, you know, I think, I believe. No, they just tell you this is the way it is. And that's the way that God speaks. When God speaks, they don't say, well, you know, I think that I might have so loved the world and I'm considering, you know, giving my son that whoever, you know, could possibly believe in him, you know, there's a possibility they won't perish. No, you're just like, well, what are you talking about? You know, give it to me straight, all right? Well, for you also love their creation that they gave their one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish and have eternal life. Matter of fact, right to the point, if you don't understand it, ask God for help, you know, discern it, figure it out. And I had another scripture come to mind with this that we've said before. And it's when Messiah Yeshua was speaking and he said, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything else is from the evil one. So Messiah is not saying that every single answer to a question is just yes, and you don't say anything else, and it's just yes, no. No, what he's saying is, is that yes, if it's a yes or no question, then when you answer yes, then you know why you're answering yes. You answer no, you know why you're answering no, and you don't need to add anything to it unless somebody asks for further explanation, then give further explanation. But other than that, no. Know what you're talking about, speak what you know, and know what you speak. And not only that, what came to mind was, mean what you speak, and speak what you mean. All right, you tell somebody to do something, or what you say, you mean what you say, and you're saying what you mean, and you mean what you're saying. Meaning that somebody asks you something, and you say yes to it, then you mean yes, and you're able to give an explanation as to why you're giving a yes. You say no, you're prepared to give an explanation of no if need be, if need be, because you know something is true. If something is true or something isn't true, you're going to know it, and you don't need to be adding extra things to it. And it's just like somebody asks you a question, and it's a yes or no question. Why do we think we need to add more to it? Are you coming over today? No. What do you mean, no? Well, I mean, I'm not coming over. Well, you need to give me an explanation because people feel entitled to give an explanation when it's something that they don't agree with, that they want you to come over. But if they say, are you going to come over today? Yes. Well, what do you mean, yes? No. Yeah, as long as it's pleasing to that person, they won't question it. But if it's something they don't like, no, you're going to give me an explanation as to no and what the word is saying is if you're speaking truth and you're doing what is right, why do I need to give you an explanation? Not that I, I, I'm not able to give an explanation, but why do I need to add anything to it if I'm doing what is right? 
then you ask me a question, I gave you an answer. But we want the answer at times answer the way we want it, you know, for whatever to make us feel good or be accepted or whatever. But what I'm learning more in this faith journey is that when we speak things, and y'all even told us this, that to be careful to speak what you know and to know what you speak, because be prepared to give a good answer for the hope that lies within you, for the faith that you have. This isn't about, faith isn't about you giving an opinion on faith. It's about you speaking what you know about faith. And that's the difference. You can tell if somebody is giving an opinion or something that they really don't know because it's how they answer. Are you matter of fact in your answer, straightforward? Or are you kind of dodging the question and you kind of dancing around it and giving all kinds of added things? And, you know, I have this uh, with my work during the day. I'll get a statement from somebody about an accident and I'll say, tell me what happened. Well, you know, they came over here and they did this and then they went over here and there and and I'll just say, okay, well, can you, you know, get to the point and tell me what happened? Yeah, and, and then they'll start to tell me, and then they'll say, well, the person was speeding, and then the person, they got out of the car and they were yelling, and, and it's like, why are you adding all this other stuff? Are you attempting to convince me of something, to persuade me? You know, why don't you just tell me what happened, and then we'll go from there, but just because of the programming, and how many times have we talked about this, the brainwashing and mind control, that you're doing what you're programmed to do. And in this world, we're programmed that, hey, if somebody tells you no, then they're going to give me an explanation or I'm going to ask for one because I'm owed that. No, but there's times where you, know, you ask me something, this is, I'm giving you an answer and I'm not, no, I'm not giving you the other information because it's not necessary. Because, and that's the, the key thing is in faith, focus on doing what is right. And when we do what is right, we will give truthful answers and we don't need to add to things or take away from things. Just speak what is right to speak and just leave it alone. You know, because you add other things, you attempt to convince people or persuade people. And you know, the truth of God is about putting the truth out there. And if somebody wants it, then they'll seek after it with all their heart. They'll dig, dig into it and find it. But with what we're doing with the podcast and, you know, people will, uh, ask us questions and things like that. We're here to give a good answer. And our mindset is, is that we're going to be speaking what we know and making sure we know what we're talking about because, you know, shame on us if we're giving a message of truth and we don't know what we're talking about, if we've never experienced it. And that's the thing is that the information that we've been given has been by revelation of Yah and we are experiencing it and we know it. And but it's for each person that's listening is for you to discover it so that you can learn it by revelation because you can take this in, but it's for you to seek it with all your heart and God will reveal it to you and you will understand it because you seek after with all your heart. You will find Yah and they will open up your eyes so that you can see it. But this podcast that we have that Yah is having us do is not about us just giving opinions on what we think something is or what it could be. It's about speaking about what we know and knowing what we speak and when what we say, we mean what we say and say what we mean. And I'll give an example of this because we just had this at our um, Sunday evening gathering. Uh, Josh has been on the podcast before. We were talking about some things and a statement was made of, 
you know, we were talking about building a fire and the statement came out of, well, you can't build a fire underwater. And just like with what we're talking about here, do you know what you're talking about? And yeah, yeah, no, there, there's no way, there is no way that you can uh, build fire underwater. And what's interesting is the more we were thinking about it, it came out on, okay, well, what do you really mean by that statement? Uh, I know that you know in your mind what you mean, but when you're communicating it to somebody else, how is it going to hit somebody else's ears? And that, that's a point of this discussion that we're going to be getting into is you may know it in your mind what you want to say and what you mean, but what's important is, is that make sure you are listening to yourself as it's coming out of your mouth so that how is everybody else taking this? Because the way that my mind went with this was, well, no, you can't have a campfire actually burning underground or not underground, but underwater. But if you think of it this way, but that wasn't the way it was presented. It wasn't presented as you cannot build and maintain a burning fire immersed fully in water. But that's not what was said. It was, well, you should understand that. But the thing is, is that people, not everybody that's listening does understand. And that's why to be careful that unintentionally you could lead somebody in a direction, even though it is on them to seek it out, but you can unintentionally lead them in a direction thinking that, yeah, they get it and they understand. But no, I mean, I could hold up a bottle of water and take a match and strike it and put the flame under the water and say, I can have fire underwater because literally the fire is under the water. And Josh was even saying that there's some kind of flare or something that you can actually ignite and put in the water. And it's because of the intense heat of it that it actually evaporates the water around it that the, you can't actually have flame in the water. But the point of it was, it's like if you're at a campfire, are you going to be able to have an actual burning campfire like where you would roast marshmallows for s'mores actually immersed in the ocean or underwater burning like that. And conclusion is no, that that's not um, able to do that. But the point of this whole thing was, is that we say things, things will come out of our mouth because of programming. And in our mind, we know what we mean to say. But this is about listening to yourself and making sure when you actually bring something out that you evaluate it first. And that's the point of the Socratic. You evaluate it through questions to make sure that you know and you're convinced of the truth, then speak it to somebody else or you can bring it to somebody in a question. So it's really more for you to discover the truth, but it's just to be careful that don't just go out and just make big um, professions and claims if you really don't know what you're talking about. And Messiah had did this many times, like they were talking about taxes. And speaking to Yeshua, well, who do we pay taxes to? Well, you know, show me a coin and who's on this coin? And there's a picture of Caesar. Well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And just walk away from it. Well, pretty straightforward. You know, I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's true because you should give God everything that belongs to them and to you owe taxes to the government, give it to them. I don't need to go any further. Now, Certainly, if disciples, somebody came to him, Lord, could you explain that a little further? You know, he has the opportunity to do that. But we are not about making flippant comments and professions just to get people to listen, to attempt to convince ourselves, anything like that. This is about 
really evaluating what you're thinking and saying before it comes out of your mouth so that when it does come out of your mouth, if there is a question that somebody says, hey, could you, I don't know really what you mean by that. Could you explain further? Oh, sure. I'll explain it to you. But if you don't know what you're talking about and you just think you do, then, well, well, I think that, well, you know what? This came out of my mouth. I honestly don't know the answer. So instead of answering, I'm just going to do some research. Let me get back to you. Or I do know a little bit about this, and I'll tell you what I know. But other than that, I'm not going to get into this because it's just going to be opinion. It's just not going to really be a good use of time. So I'm just going to let it go. And the way Messiah lived on earth, speaking the gospel, you know, preaching truth, that he would give, matter of fact, statements, statements of truth. And he's not adding things. Well, you know, you should do this. You, you know, listen to this, you know, things like that. It's about having conversation, but it's, you know, making sure that if you're going to be teaching anybody anything of truth that you really understand yourself, what you're talking about. So those are my thoughts as we, we start here this evening. And Phil, I'll turn it over to you. Hope you had a good day today and just give any thoughts you have on this subject. There's a reason. <clears throat> There's a reason that the Bible says Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That doesn't just pertain to anger. Now, it does pertain to anger because it was put in there that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so we definitely want to make sure that we're being careful not to jump to anger without evaluation because what that is, is that's called a reaction. And the objective goal with faith in God is that you want to respond, not react. Typically, your reactions will come out of your lower conscience. Few times, probably correct, but most times, probably not. The aspect of really wanting to respond rather than react is huge. And that's why we want to be quick to listen and slow to speak. I would much rather take 25 minutes to explain to you the concept that I'm trying to give you and the details involved with it, even though there are times where people would do it in five minutes. You know, where we just, you know, just run through it, just run through it, run through it, run through it, run through it. But the objective goal, especially with 
faith perspective that we're talking about is that we don't want to mislead people and we don't want to leave people to their own uh, thoughts and understanding. We want to make sure that to the best of our ability, we can make it as clear as we can. And that's why quick to listen, slow to speak. So I'm going to listen to my thoughts. I'm going to listen to what I want to come out of my mouth. And before it comes out of my mouth, I'm going to evaluate it. I'm going to take that time to evaluate it, evaluate who I'm talking to, and I have to make a decision. Is this appropriate to give to this person? Because it's cat, it may be casting pearls before the swine. And no, I'm not going to give that information. And then, yes, I'm going to give the information, but if I just make a blanket statement about something, then you're not going to get the whole concept. And that leaves it up to you to make up the difference. And when it comes to faith, we want to do the best we can to speak the truth of God in such a way that we leave people with understanding uh, not to leave them to their own thinking, well, he said this, so maybe he meant that. And again, you know, we look at the situation that you were brought up and a lot of people would be, well, that's petty. You know, that, you know, you know what he meant. He meant that you couldn't make fire immersed in water. He just said you can't make fire underwater. Well, the first thing that came to my mind was, well, I, can I got a glass of water in my hand and I can strike a match and hold it underneath of it. And so you can have fire underwater. So the objective goal was not to put Josh down for what he said, but like you said, to open his eyes to understand that you know what you think in your mind and you know what you mean. Is my delivery giving it from the meaning that I have or am I leaving it to interpretation? And we do not want, you know, something like that. It, it doesn't have a bearing on salvation. It's not, uh, it's a good teaching point for uh, when we talk about faith. But the reality is, is that when we teach people about faith, we want to make sure that we understand it and then we translate to them, to the best of our ability, what we know about it so that they're not left to their own devices to figure it out. Now, if we fall short on a description of something and somebody doesn't understand, then their best bet is to go to the spirit and this too the spirit will make clear you know another piece of scripture just looking at that importance of being quick to listen and slow to speak because even if you know that your response 
is right. You should still be slow to speak. The Bible doesn't say, be quick to listen unless. No, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Because it's okay for you to know that what you're saying is true. But still evaluate it in your mind to say, yeah, okay. I know that's true, and I and I know why it's true. I can explain why it's true. Okay, so now I'm going to bring it out. What are we in a rush for, especially if we want people to understand what we're talking about? And here's, it's like when Paul wrote a letter to the churches. He didn't write the letter for them to just pick apart what he was writing and take one section of it, but rather he wrote the letter in its entirety for a complete purpose in order to give exact details. And when you just take bits and pieces of it, a lot of times that's what happens with scripture. It's just one scripture here, one scripture there, but not knowing what the context and the reality of that scripture is, and the way to get that is you have that personal relationship with God and mother in your heart and mother will give you all the information that's necessary for you to have. And so we want to be responsive, not reactive, because if I'm in a conversation with you and you ask me something or you, you make a statement about something and I just immediately blurt something out. Your first instinct isn't necessarily going to be, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Rather than, why was he so quick to answer? I'm not sure what he's saying is, is right. No, you want to be methodical with how you speak. And again, there are times when people can misconstrue what you say and the only way to clarify it is for them or somebody else to come back to you. But we've seen this many times where somebody will be uh, having us, they'll be speaking about something or they'll, they'll be in a lecture and they, during the lecture, they made a comment about something that pertained to other stuff they were talking about. But people will just take that clip and play it and perceive that person and make that person out to be a bad person because look what they said. They said this, but you don't get the full context because you didn't get the whole lecture or the whole conversation. And this is why, like, if somebody comes on and they just listen to the podcast for about, you know, five minutes, ten minutes. And then, or they, they pop in, uh, you know, we've already started and they pop in, uh, we had it happen where somebody popped in, uh, in our talking like we do, we talked, we made reference to mother and they made a quick, uh, comment of, did you say mother? And then soup gone without being able to, hear the rest of what we were saying without being able to go back to 
the podcast that we talked about, the person of the Holy Spirit, in order to understand what we're saying. But a lot of times cognitive dissonance will kick in and you think you know, and that's why you respond so quickly. But a lot of times what people do is they play a fool's game. Okay? And what it is, is you have a little knowledge about a lot of things. And then somebody, you're in a conversation with somebody about auto mechanics. And they say something, and then you blurt out of your mouth something about auto mechanics. And and you do it in a way that you're portraying that you know what you're talking about. But if an auto mechanic hears what you're saying, they're going to evaluate it and they're going to say, wait a minute, no, what are you talking about? You, you can't do that. And so what happens is, is you take little bits of information that you gain. You heard it on the internet. You heard it on the radio. You heard somebody else say something. And you just use that as a way to um, bolster yourself. You're really just trying to make yourself look good. And the reality is, is that if you're not an auto mechanic uh, and you haven't worked on vehicles, then you don't know what you're talking about. Just because somebody else said it and you're repeating it doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. Now, I'm not an auto mechanic, but having three kids and them having cars and the cost of uh, paying for an auto mechanic I have done a lot of mechanic work on the vehicles that not only theirs, but mine as well, which has saved thousands of dollars. Uh, but I can only speak to the issues that I've dealt with and on the vehicles that I've dealt with. If it comes to a different vehicle, then I don't know. I've never, I've never done that on that vehicle. But a lot of times we take bits and pieces because we don't realize that in our lower conscience, we're just trying to make ourselves look good. And so somebody brings up a subject and we've got to say something about it, but we really don't know what we're talking about. And so the biggest thing that stuck out to me as you were talking, Sean, was the fact that the scripture of quick to listen, slow to speak, and that just, again, not just for anger, but for any aspect, for teaching, so that you can know what you're speaking and you can mean what you say, like you were saying, meaning that it comes out of your mouth the way that you meant it, not you meant it in your mind, but it came out a different way. And many times that is probably one of the hardest things, especially on the faith journey is figuring out how to get what you know in your mind to come out of your mouth in a way that is understandable to other people. And in order to do that, you have to practice being quick to listen and slow to speak. You have to practice evaluation as, you, as a thought comes to mind of what to say. And the more you do it, the quicker you get at it, the better you get. You can do evaluations in split timing, split second timing. Um, but you have to practice at it in order to get good at it. 
if you're new at it, you have to list, listen and think longer. And again, what's the rush in our speech? What, why do we feel like we have to, because a lot of times we get cut off and I want to get everything out that I have in my mind to say, rather than, oh, I'll talk and if you have something to say and make it known that you have something to say and we'll kick it up <clears> to <throat> you and you get to do your part. And so the realities of quick to listen and slow to speak, just one of the scriptures that came to mind when we're talking about this and the aspect of responding versus reacting. When you are quick to answer somebody, that's a reaction. Even if you're right, it's still a reaction. And we really want to work more towards responses, which are good, reasoned, thought-out understanding, and then speak about it. I had this come to mind, and this could actually, I can put this as a question then. And those listening out there, you may have experienced this, but fellow just asked you this. Have you ever had a time where you've had prayer with Yah for anything? And in the middle of you talking to Yah, that Yah just cut you off and just interjected that you can remember. I'm not saying that's never happened, but like this, like, we are just, no, 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 stop, stop. Nope, I'm going to speak. Like, have you ever had Yah do that to you? Uh, not in the early parts of the faith journey, but there were times when... God has said, you know, hey, peace be still, <laughs> you know, uh, because, but yes. Like an interruption is what I'm kind of but in, in essence, y'all, no, I've never had y'all interrupt what, you know, as I was talking, uh, I, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. There's a lot more I could talk about, but. Well, and that, and I just realized that I, that I didn't mean to, that I was talking over you, and we don't do that. But, yeah, what it made me think of, it was really more of, and I've had that too, where I'll just be sitting there thinking, and they'll just say, don't say anything. Or just, like you said, be still and just listen. But what came to mind was, and the reason it came to me is because I've done this to people, and the thought was, well, if Yah doesn't do that, then we claim faith in Yah. Why are we doing this? And what came to me was, even if you know what you're talking about, why the quickness to interject and correct somebody? Because really, what is it going to harm just to let them talk it out? And then that actually gives an opportunity for you to listen even more, because if I'm just interjecting, am I really listening to understand that person or am I listening to interject and correct? Well, the goal is, is to understand the person. Well, how can I understand if I'm just holding on to something to, well, I'm just going to wait to jump in and just tell you you're wrong. And But is that the way that you would want to be spoken to? Or would you want somebody just to let you just let me get it out? And then we can talk about it. And I had this actually driving over to your house uh, here. Just the depth of this. Okay. So the question, do you know what you're talking about? Okay. Now, my first thought went to, like, I'm talking to you about a subject. I'm talking to you about trumpet. I'm talking to you about insurance. I'm talking to you about 
faith, whatever. You know, do you know what you're talking about when you're speaking to somebody? Okay, well, I got this. And I was like, wow, this is really, this is a help. How much do you talk to yourself in your mind? And, or you talk out loud when somebody cuts you off in their car or holds you up in traffic and you say, what's wrong with you? You're an idiot. Why don't you, do you know what you're talking about? Because you just said that that person's an idiot. Do you know what an idiot is? Okay, if you do, then are you being an idiot? Or do you know that that's the reason the person stopped suddenly? Okay, well, if you don't know, then like you said, be quick to listen to yourself to say, okay, wait a minute. I don't know why this person is stopping suddenly. Maybe they had a pain in their body. Maybe they are having some kind of issue. Maybe they got startled. Okay, did they do it intentionally? Did they, and it's just... I'm just saying, wow, that like you tell yourself things, stuff that's in your lower conscience is still speaking. You tell yourself, oh, I'm tired. Do you know what you're talking about? Are you really tired? Or why are you telling yourself you're tired? Why are you telling yourself you're, it's a bad day? And just made me think, do you know what you're talking about? Do you know that for sure? Or are you just speculating? And it's just because this goes so much deeper than just you talking to somebody else. It's what do you tell yourself? that you've got programmed, you tell yourself in the lower conscience that well, I'm an idiot, I can't do anything, I'm tired, I'm, you know, never get any better. And you keep telling yourself that. And it's like, why do you tell yourself that if you don't know that? So how about you figure out what the truth of whatever the issue is? And then if that's what it is, then yeah, you know, I can tell, yes, this is a functional day or whatever, but we get ourselves into trouble when we assume things. And I'm not going to say it, but there's a, a, just as a kid, like people, like if when you assume that there's a statement that goes with that, but we're not here to assume anything in, in faith. That's not the point of it. It's not about assumption. Like you said, it's not about somebody filling in the gaps. It's, you know, make sure that when you make a statement or you teach that you really know what you're talking about because Yeshua was talking to Nicodemus, who was supposed to be a teacher of Israel, and he says, you know, Nicodemus, you're a teacher in Israel, and you don't know these things? You know, so be careful that you're actually teaching. Make sure that you know what you're talking about because you're going to be held to a higher standard. You're you're a teacher, so be very careful. You know, just the those who teach the law, do you not follow the law yourself? Are you really, do you know what you're talking about when you preach the law to people? Do you know that the law is for yourself and you applying it and obeying it before you give it to somebody else? Or are you not? knowing what you're talking about and know the law is for you. And you don't tell me not to know the law is for me. It's for everybody. But if I'm teaching you, then I should be living the law. What a better teacher than an example to show, to say, Hey, this is the law of God. This is what I'm following. And this is how you follow it. And you do it yourself so that you're not being a hypocrite. But how many things do you see? You turn on the news, you turn on your phone, apps, videos, and people are just, saying things about people. And that's even what we talked about Sunday night, that somebody made a statement about somebody. And it's like, you made this statement and you didn't even know what you're talking about. Because what had happened, somebody asked to made a statement and the person said that they called somebody a, a name and they said, well, what does that mean? And the guy couldn't answer. And he's like, then why are you calling this person that name? 
well, if I had time to get into it, I just don't have time to get into it. And the guy says, okay, so you don't know what you're talking about. All right, you know, have a good day or whatever. But what happens is, is that person that's saying that, they're doing the same thing. They're talking about things that they don't know about. So that's the thing. Why do we, why do we talk about things that we don't know what we're talking about? Do we do it to get attention, get acceptance, um, you know, be, get favor from people, you know, things like that. But the, the point of it is, if you're speaking something, just the best thing you can do is know what you're talking about, because then that's the best way to be able to give a good answer. Because a good answer would mean you know what you're talking about. It's just like the, you know, we can give answers to questions, but why do we just want to give answers when we can give a good answer that we can really, you know, somebody asks us about this, what is the Socratic method? You know, what is it all about? Well, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about questions, and the questions are for you to really dig to where you discover the truth of something and don't think that you get the absolute answer, the end all, because then you'll stop searching. Just keep searching, keep digging, keep asking the questions so that you can be convinced of it in your own mind before you even attempt to tell anybody anything else. Don't. It's not to be used for you to convince others. It's used for you to make sure you yourself know the truth of it. That, that's the point of asking questions. Then when you understand it, you have a level of understanding. You can then give people questions so that they can discover that exact thing. So, you know, the, we, we could get out and just preach a message to people, but what profit is that if we don't know what we're talking about and then people just listen to us and they don't actually seek God that will give them the information because we're being led by Yah themselves. And Yah knows the truth. They know what they're talking about, and they're relaying it to us so that we can understand it, and then we can then relay that truth to others so that other people can actually have the same understanding that we have. Like, we didn't just come up with this one day, just talking. It's like, you know what? This would be something really to present to people. No, it was given by revelation, just like it was given to Paul. It was given to us, and that same revelation can be given to those listening, you know, just what we're talking about, dig into the word, find it, and seek after it, and Yah will give you the same understanding that we have. Well, we could tell people about it, and we could teach people, but that's just the planting and the watering. But you have to get your information from God. God has to bring the increase. Mm -hmm. um, and they will if you're seeking them with all of your heart. There's a surefire way to test people and their knowledge of what they're talking about. And it is questions. Okay? And, but your questions are not the gauge. Okay, their answers are the gauge. And here's what I mean. People who know what they're talking about, who are truly, they truly know what they're talking about. Not they think they know, but they know, will have no problem fielding questions and will have no problem being challenged. And that's why I would put this out to anybody who's listening, 
I challenge people in what they're saying. Now, respectfully, this isn't about, you know, you, you going down the gauntlet and challenging somebody and out of anger and no, but I want to see if you really know what you're talking about. Well, you're going to say, well, we just, we, we don't, we don't talk about that. You know, one time in Christianity, asking a pastor about speaking in tongues, I, and I asked him specifically, do you pray in tongues? And he said, I don't discuss that with people. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't get it. That the scripture is in the Bible. The Bible talks about it. Why are we hiding from it? Well, it's because he doesn't know it. He doesn't know anything about it. Plus, uh, if he did profess that he spoke in tongues, you know, it's a Baptist church and, you know, we're not Pentecostal, so we don't do that. So you can't, you know, and it's like just the craziness that goes on. But you will see that when somebody starts to backpedal, when they start to stutter, when they start to get frustrated or angry, they don't know what they're talking about. Because even if somebody who genuinely knows what they're talking about and they, and you stump them with a question, they're going to go to, wow, you know what? I never evaluated that part of it. And so I'm going to dig into that and I'm going to find an answer. And when I do, then I'll come back to you and I'll give it to you. You know, I don't mind being challenged. You know, if we have somebody in our gathering or somebody we're talking to that wants to challenge and, you know, well, you said this and how does that, okay, well, let me explain it to you. I'm, I'm not going to be like, I just don't talk about that. We, we, we don't talk, that's controversial. We don't talk about that. No, if it's scriptural, it's not controversial. And if it's scriptural and it's from God, we want to talk about it. And that's what I would give the challenge to anybody who hears the podcast that is still uh, dabbling in Christianity. I would say go and challenge your leaders. If you don't meet uh, them returning with unanswered questions or them just cutting you off because they don't have an answer or them getting mad, then that's a sign for you. Because truly, if they know what they're talking about, then they won't have a problem fielding your questions and answering them, no matter how difficult they are. And if they don't know the answer, just the simple, you know what? I don't know the answer. I'm going to dig into it. I've heard on some uh, Colin uh, faith shows where somebody will ask a question and the response at first will be, well, nobody really knows. Okay, so you just told me you don't know, but then you go into a 15 minute or 10 minute or even five minute dissertation on what it might be or what it could be or how and then you conclude with well we really don't know why what's that all about what is that 
that, that's not necessary. You know, if you're sitting in a conversation with somebody having a Socratic thought conversation and it's just bouncing back questions uh, surrounding the uh, topic, that's one thing. But the true reality is, is that you get mad when somebody challenges you when you don't know what you're talking about. Because what happens is, is you can't answer and now you feel like a fool. Why? Because you played a fool's game. You know, they, I think there's an old saying, if you play a fool's game, you get a fool's prizes. And that's the reality. You're trying to convince people of what you think you know, but you get mad when they challenge you. And that's a, a fact I would give to anybody. Challenge the people that are teaching you. Challenge us. I don't have a problem with it. I'll meet a challenge. And if I can't answer the question, then I'm going to take it to God and say, hey, I, I'd really like to know the answer to this question. Not only so I can share it with the other person, but it just then builds my base of knowledge that much more and my understanding. And so that is a, an actual factual way that you can prove whether somebody knows what they're talking about or whether they're even, whether they're convinced. Now, there are times when you could be convinced that you know what you're talking about but you really haven't evaluated the depth of it. And again, this will be the factor of whether you recognize that and you're like, well, I didn't look at it from that direction, so I'm going to have to get back to you on that rather than just giving an answer. And a lot of times that's what we'll do out of our lower conscience because we don't want to be wrong. We want to be accepted. We don't want to be wrong. And if I can't answer you, then I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, then you're going to see me as a, as a fool because I'm trying to teach you, but I can't give you a good answer. It would be like your math teacher telling you to figure out how to uh, add two plus two. And then you go back to them and say, well, I'm not really sure how to do this. Can, can you tell me how to do that? What do you mean? Just do what I ask you to do. No, they're going to say, okay, here, look, all right, we'll give you an example. See, you have these two apples over here, and you have these two apples over here. How many apples do you have when we slide them together? They're not going to be getting frustrated and mad or upset. Now, in the higher mathematics, you may pose a question to a professor and, and he may have to say, well, you know, I'm not, let me look into that because I'm not 100% sure. But the beauty thing is, is we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be absolutely perfect. We, we work in a continual process of improving as we go along. But everybody's human and you want to make mistakes are you able to own up to your mistakes are you able to accept the fact when you did speak wrong and then make corrections and then go back to the person that you spoke to and say hey i spoke out of line with this it, it wasn't appropriate i i've learned that there are other things involved and i figured that out 
And so do you want me to explain to you what I, what I see or what I have now? Because truly, I, I honestly challenge not just the pastors, but the Sunday school teachers all the way through. Because you want to make sure that you're listening to people who know what they're talking about and have the confidence to be able to give a good answer. And a good answer is not, oh, we're just not going to talk about that. that that's not a good answer. There's, a, there's an aspect of making sure that you're not casting your pearls before the swine. If you're talking to somebody and you see they have a combative uh, attitude and they're coming back at you in a combative way, then you just drop the conversation. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to get upset. You just drop the conversation because you're not in a state of mind that you actually want to figure this out. You just want to think you know what you know and you're getting mad, so not going to talk about it anymore. Not from a hateful perspective, not from a mean or mad perspective, just, no, I'm not casting my pearls before the swine because somebody's going to keep trampling that. Now, if you have somebody who's continually asking questions and it doesn't matter if they're challenging what you have, but they're, they're engaged in the conversation now. Okay, well, I'll keep feeding you information as long as you're willing to listen. But you also have to be careful when you're talking to somebody and they're sitting across from you and they're just looking and you're talking and you're talking and, you're, and they're not saying, you know, I'm not listening to you. Well, they're not. You know, you can tell if you pay attention to them that, and, well, they're not listening, so... Uh, I'll just stop the conversation. I've had, I've done that before, having conversations because you get so excited about the stuff that you know about the truth of God and you just want everybody to know it. And so you're talking to somebody and you're just feeding them all this information and they didn't get it. They, they, they just, they're looking at you, but they're not looking at you. They're looking through you because they're thinking about something else. They're not paying attention to what you said. Well, again, casting your pearls before the swine because they really don't want to hear it. They don't want to know it. And so we just leave it be. But challenge the people who are teaching you whatever they're teaching you. And if they know what they know, they will have no problem with you respectfully challenging them. Not talking about having an attitude and acting a fool, because again, remember, you play a fool's game, you get a fool's prizes. What you thought about this? You see people in debates, and people will intentionally in the world go into a debate that's controversial for people with cameras and things like that. Like you go to a college campus or something and talk about women's rights or abortion or whatever's going on in the world and just people getting all fired up. And I just had this thought that if you really want to silence somebody, instead of silencing them, like throwing back statements to them about well, you're wrong and you're just hateful, go back with questions. Because 
I just thought about that. Like if somebody is like, I'm just absolutely against abortion. You're not going to change my mind. You're in the wrong or, you know, you're wrong for saying that you're wrong. And you just say, explain to me why this is wrong. And they're, well, it just is. No, that's not good enough. You know, you, you say that this is wrong. You need to tell me, well, the Bible says it. Yeah, well, where does it say it and why is it wrong? Or whatever the issue is, but that gets that puts it back on the other person that you're the one that's up here lecturing me about it. Then if you're going to lecture me about it, then if you're saying that I'm wrong, then you better well be able to tell me why I'm wrong. Because if you're lecturing me, and obviously you're the one that knows that's why you're here. Like it wasn't that I came to you. You came to our campus and you're having this agenda and I don't agree with it. So you convince me, you, you show me, how I'm wrong, but I, I just, it came to mind that a lot of it is people just get so upset because it's not what they want to hear. And they don't necessarily get questions back. They just say, well, you're, you're just wrong. And you're this bleepity bleep. And, and they're like, yeah, you see, there it is. You don't want to talk it out. And yeah, but do you really want to talk it out with me? Do you really want me to understand it? Or are you just here just to show me that I'm wrong and you're right? You know, are you really here? You know, I'm really concerned because I just want you to know this truth. Or are you coming in just to make yourself look good? Because a lot of it is just to come in and just say, look, I'm right and you're wrong for me to get glory instead of, are you really, if you are really here to, you know, I really have concern, I don't want you to do this, then why do you need all the cameras and all the publicity? You would just come to my room and just, you want to have a conversation. You want to share the truth of God because you really are concerned about me. Wow, the big deal. So, but what happens is it's portrayed as though these people you see, they're the idiots, they're wrong. And I could look at them and say, both sides are wrong. Why are you here to begin with to bring up this? For what reason are you bringing up this agenda? And two, you know, the people are going to get riled up. What, what good is this to do? And it just makes me think about us now, other than Yah saying, we want you to go over here and speak. We're not just going out everywhere, just throwing this message out and saying, well, you're, you're wrong and you need to repent. And you're just, no, because most of the, the majority of people wouldn't want to hear it anyway, and that's why Yah says, don't throw the pearls before the swine. If you know that people don't want it, move on to people that that want to hear it. You know, you're just wasting your time because you're just throwing the truth of God and they're trampling it. And why do you keep doing that? They're not it's not having any effect. So move on to the next one. But a lot of this is like with both sides, on both sides, are you, are you listening to what you're doing? Is this beneficial? Why are you doing this? Is it really because you have a genuine concern or are you just doing it to yeah, you see we're right and you're wrong and, and you know that, that's just the way it is instead of we don't have record of Messiah just going out to people like that they followed him asking him questions and he answered questions and I had this come to mind that we have an example of how Messiah answered questions and how we dealt with this stuff when when he was baptized, he was by mother, he was taken out to the desert. And when the enemy came and presenting him with situations, he didn't say, well, you know, I think I can do this or I might be able to do this or, yeah, you know, you're hungry, turn these stones into bread. No, it's written, you know, do not tempt the Lord your God, you know, and, and he just goes through, you know, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of, of Yah and you know, all that time that, and we don't have record of the enemy saying, well, explain that to me. You know, what did you mean by that? You know, I'm not really sure. No, the word of God puts to, to silence any kind of dispute to where, 
well, go up here, you know, I'll show you all these kingdoms. Just throw yourself down. The angels will, will catch you. You won't even your heel, won't even hit a stone. No, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Done with it. Move on to the next thing. I'm not going to argue with you a point of, well, you can't tell me that. I'm the son of God. Why do you think I would jump off the, you know that the angels could save me. What are you trying to do? It's just, you know, I'm not playing that game. It's the word of God. I'm, no, I'm not doing that. And, and that's the way to combat the enemy when the enemy comes to you is, the word of God. Well, you know you want to do this. No, I don't, because I'm not going to disobey God. Move on instead of, well, because that's where the enemy, the enemy can say it's the thing, the enemy and their schemes. Yeah, you could go out there. You could go ahead and profess repentance and obedience and trust and circumcision on the heart. But you're doing it with anger and frustration? No. Gotcha. Because why are you all frustrated and aggravated? Oh, I'm still pulling your strings. You know, to where, you know, even if you're mentioning repent to somebody, you can mention repent all you want, but if it's not getting away from sin, then you, know, you can go ahead and talk about repent all you want because you don't know what you're talking about. You, you just, you know, you just preach repent to somebody and you're still in sin. You don't know what you're talking about. So it doesn't affect me one bit, but oh, you're actually preaching repentance and getting away from sin. And circumcision. Okay, now we've now we've got some something here because that's that's not what I want out there, you know, like that. But you know, we've said this before that the enemy knows the Bible better than anyone else, and you think that he's not going to. He knows what people are doing with it, and it just, you know, this is just such a help because that scripture coming out, being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath is that's what's going to set you apart. That. People will notice that, oh, that person that just responded to them, I don't really understand that, but, wow, they didn't get upset. They didn't get angry. Wow, that, that seems like that's what Jesus would do, that he would listen to the person he's not getting upset. Well, listen a little bit more to this. You know, that could draw you into where there's something different about this behavior. Why is this other person getting so angry and upset? Do they really know what they're talking about? Because... This person just as calm as can be, and they know what they're saying, and they're not being argumentative. And I want to listen to this person because they're not pointing the finger at them; they're pointing it at themselves. And wow, that is right to do. I, I like this, and that will draw people in because the world's going to continue to do what they do. But to set us apart is those that are applying these lessons of making sure that you know what you're talking about. Right, but you also have to be careful because. There's a false sense of confidence as well with what somebody's talking about that they can sit back and uh, speak calmly and uh, act as though, you know, well, I'm not upset. You're, you're the one, you know, and, and we've seen that recently on, with some of the speakers that go to college campuses to, uh, to push whatever agenda that their side is on. And what's what's funny is, or not funny, but ironic, is that the reality is that for those people, when you watch them, I mean, they sit back and, you know, other people arguing and they're just giving all the, the knowledge and information straightforward and, you know, well, what about this and this and this? And, and they're not perceivably getting mad or upset. But they don't, they themselves don't really know what they're talking about because 
if they knew the truth about what they were talking about, they wouldn't entertain or engage in arguments with somebody about it. Rather than the truth would be stated, time to move on. And the other thing is, is because some of these, uh, some of these challenges that are out there are not being thrown back at the people challenging uh, what's going on. Like, we could take somebody and, you know, they're sitting there all calm because you can't answer about, we'll say, uh, gender, you know, what the, the different genders are. And I'm telling you things that are absolute logical, common sense. And But if I were to challenge that person who's all nice and calm, you would find out that their calmness would go away because, hey, what you see in somebody else, you're doing. You're, you're professing things against what these people are doing, but you yourself live as a hypocrite because you don't see yourself doing the exact same thing, whether you're doing it in the exact same way they are, or you're doing it to God, or you're doing it in accordance to what Scripture says. Scripture tells you not to be this, and you're doing it, and if you start putting that stuff back to them, then you're going to start to see the rise. Why? Because now we don't have the confidence that we had to stand before somebody else who is perceivably giving what they think they know. Uh, but they're just trying to convince you of things. But yeah, but I know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to sit here all calm. It's like, no, because honestly, we could point out to those speakers that you do the very same thing that these people that you're going after, and they would deny it. And even if you put the proof directly in front of them, they would still deny it, but then they would start to get upset. And so the key factor is, and we don't, we don't pursue people like that because the objective goal, our objective goal is we're not going after those people because those people don't want to have true faith in God anyway. They just want to, they just want to have control of what they think they believe and be okay with it. And that's not the audience we're looking for. The audience we're looking for is those who want to know the truth about God. And that's who we want to talk to. So we're not going to specifically go and challenge those people just to prove a point. No, there's nothing to prove at, at all. You know, and somewhere down the road, if we come across somebody who's similar to them in a conversation with them, there may be things that we would bring up. But they better be well thought out and you need to know what you're talking about in order for you to be protected. And the best protection you can have is absolute truth. If truth, is, when truth is absolute, you don't have to defend it. You can state it and state it once. That's all it takes. Because if somebody doesn't want to accept it, they're not going to accept it. It's not going to change the fact that it's true, but they're not going to accept it. So I'm not going to waste my time in arguments because no matter what I say, you're still going to argue and fight against it 
rather than, you know what, I'd like to sit down and have a Socratic conversation sometime where we're just bouncing questions back and forth and, you know, really digging in and evaluating. And if it's truly a Socratic conversation, there'll be no anger. There'll be no frustration. There'll be no getting upset. Why? Because I'm not trying to teach you and convince you. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm asking these questions so I can line things up in my mind so that I can understand what I'm looking into. And so it's really important uh, that we do make sure that what we're speaking about is what we know. Now, there is an aspect of faith that we have to make this statement that sometimes we will talk about things that we didn't know previous, but mother's giving us the information and the understanding at the same time. So we get the understanding and it comes out of your mouth. You still have the understanding and it's true because it's coming from mother, but it's not, it's not from us. And that's our dependency is not on us and what we know. It's on what mother gives us what mother teaches us, what mother shows us. And then, and you can even use this as a judge for yourself, that if you think you know something and somebody asks you a question and you start feeling that rise, then that's a a key to you. You know what? I'm going to stop this conversation and I'm going to go back to the drawing board because why am I getting upset? Why am I getting frustrated? What does it matter to me if you don't accept or agree with anything that I say? If it's true, it doesn't matter. But if it's my truth and you don't agree with it, well, then I'm not accepted. And that's one of the hugest things in uh, humanity is everybody is striving to be accepted. You know, and somebody might say, well, what about the criminals? And yeah, well, they're trying to be accepted by the other criminals. That's why they ended up, you know, while I can't please the the people who uh, want me to be good. So now I'm going to see if I can please the people who like doing bad things. And again, it's all your choices. But that's how it works is people live their lives to be accepted. And the key factor is that that's in you for a reason because you have to be accepted by God. And if you have fear, then your fear is telling you that you're not accepted by God. Because if God accepts you, there's nothing that you need to be afraid of. Absolutely nothing. There's what can, what can harm you? What can take away your salvation? Nothing. Absolutely nothing other than you walking away. And it wasn't taken away from you. You forfeited it. You sacrificed it. You gave it up because you decided you want something different. And so we just really want, first off, you know, we're not speaking to everybody who's going to listen to this podcast, Just We're speaking to you and me, Sean, that we really want to be careful and we really want to make sure that 
we know what we speak and we speak what we know. And then when we speak it, we make sure it comes out the way we mean it, not just putting a blanket, putting it out there, because this speaks to you and me more than it speaks to anybody else that we're talking to, because we're going to be held to accountability. You know, it, it, God's going to come to us and say, well, you talk people to uh, know what they speak, but you didn't do it yourself. <laughs> or, or, you know, you teach people don't steal. Do you steal? Absolutely not. I, that, I don't agree with that. It's not acceptable. That's not a part of who I am. I'm not going to do it. So just, uh, and it's really interesting because when I first saw the topic, I, I really was like, well, we're just going to see where mother goes with it. And the more you think about it, the more you evaluate it, the more sense it makes. And truly, just look at Messiah. You know, again, you have brought up some of what Messiah had done. You know, even his answers to questions by answering a question in this way. Okay, well, let me ask you a question first. And if you answer my question, I'll answer yours. No. Not going to answer my question. Not going to cast my pearls before the swan. Going to move on. And he didn't have anger. Now, he had godly anger when he went in and he cleared the temple. temple. But that was not because he was frustrated that he didn't know the truth. No, he knew the truth and the truth drove him to be frustrated because you're turning the house of prayer into a den of robbers. You're, you're doing things in the house of God that should not be done. Just like Anybody who would claim to have faith in God, but still sin, that you're doing things in the name of God that aren't acceptable. You're, you're making God and their house out to be a den of robbers where you can do whatever it is you want to do, even though the word says something different. And many times people will circumvent what the word says to make it feel better for somebody else. And then they'll go, well, it's just semantics. You know, you say this and I say that, and who really knows anyway? And it, it'll be all right in the end. No, no. God specifically, uh, they, they definitely say what they mean and mean what they say. And when they say no sinner will inherit the kingdom of God, they mean that anybody who sins continually, who is not rescued from that and move away from sin, will not enter the kingdom of God, period, end of it. But people, oh, well, God's mercy and grace, and Jesus came and he died for your sins, and so all you have to do is accept him and, and you'll be okay, and people believe that. But if I, if I challenge you on that, then you can't give a good answer for that. You know, I, we occasionally we have people who challenge I had a cousin who challenged. I'm okay with that. He's the one that got frustrated and upset, not me. And so this, this is just a, a beautiful topic to talk about uh, because it's, it's huge. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, 
People will give you respect when you are respectable, when you are able to be respected. Okay? That's how you get respect. You be able to be respected. Well, people can, can't respect you if you can't give a good answer for whatever it is you say. And it doesn't have to be faith perspective. It could be in the world. If I'm coming to you as as a dentist or I'm coming to you as an insurance person and I ask you a question about insurance claims and you're like, well, I don't talk, I'm not talking to you about that. I don't, <clears throat> I don't, <coughs> I don't really know. I'm not sure. Oh, I thought you knew what you were talking about. That why would you get upset about what I'm asking you? Because they're just simple questions about insurance. And if you don't know the answer, just tell me you don't know the answer. And I'll look elsewhere for the answer to that question. And uh, two things for you that are shared something with you that you wouldn't know unless I told you. <clears throat> this afternoon, asking mother that whatever what she would bring, that it would be something that would be a help for me, you, and everybody else and the listeners. And what a wonderful way to help us because I don't know if you caught this or not, but do you see what mother did where what you just spoke out of your mouth about, she'll give you something that you didn't know ahead of time and it'll come out of your mouth because do you realize the revelation that was given about Yeshua in the temple driving out from the temple of God, driving out sin from that to where it makes so much sense as he wasn't angry. He was, he turned the tables. You hear the term, you turn the tables on somebody that <coughs> turning the tables with this message that it's about, there can be no sin in the house of God. So get the dens that you can't remain in here. You're going to be driven out into outer darkness. You're not going to be able to stay here if you have sin in your life. So even just with that, we've got more information on there's deeper revelation for him. Just, Oh, he got upset. There it is. No, it's wisely upset because get away from me. I never knew you. And then you get driven out just like you. Oh, I want to come into the temple. No, you're being driven out. You're not going to be here. Had this come to mind. All right. The, the things of God are a circular uh, mindset, circular teaching, which means it continually increases. So it made me think of this as a circle. Okay. So you have your mind speak what you know. So get the truth of God in your lower conscience so that you know it. And that's what will come out of your mouth. Speak what you know and know what you speak. So it's a continual cycle that as you speak, you're quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because it's a continual circular pattern of speak what you know, know what you speak. It just continually goes around and around, and the more truth we put in and experience, then we'll be able to speak to somebody because, and you know this, that we've come from Christianity. When you were, when we were still in that, you would see people that would be living to their 70s, their 80s, even 90 years old. And all this is, this is just, I don't know this for sure, but just as a, just evaluating how many people could you take that says that they claim that they've got faith in God and they've been in the church for 60 years, 70 years. Could you go up to them and you ask them, tell me how you get salvation? Or just ask them a question like, how do you know this truth 
Or they would think, well, I can't teach that. I'm not a pastor. Well, see, the problem is, is because a lot of it is lecture, and you don't really necessarily learn a lot of things. You just do what people tell you. And what a shame it is, is that if a pastor decides to go somewhere else, that you have to go outside your actual gathering of people that should know the truth that you taught by God, supposedly, that they should be able to take over. I find it interesting that that's not what the Word of God says. That's why the disciples were there. If somebody dies, somebody moves on, then the person that's there takes over and moves on. Just like Paul, you know, he had Timothy and Silas, and hey, if I'm not here, then you just move on with it. You carry on the gospel. Something happens to you, something happens to me. You know, Josh, next in line, take over. You know, and but I just thought about that. that is that not a problem? that a lot of people in your congregation wouldn't be able to take over and teach this message that you're supposed to know? Because think about this, like, you know, do you know what you're talking about? Okay. So we've had this happen in the world that a preacher will be caught in marital misconduct or some kind of sin. Well, they need to step down and they need to stay away from it or never preach again. And we'll just get somebody else in there. But that really what the word of about that in your leadership like that that's anyway but you're doing the exact same thing yourself so for you to remove somebody else do you really understand what repentance is do you understand what the truth is why are you listening to you it's okay to continue to sin and ask for forgiveness and it's okay to sin and ask for forgiveness but then they do the same thing you're doing. You're doing the same thing they're doing, but you remove them from a position of leadership when you yourself are doing the same thing. So the death of this, yes, it first and foremost for us as leadership of the church, but just with people claim faith in But do you know what you're talking about when you say somebody else is wrong? You know, wrong. You know, we've had that on here that we'll say something just wrong. No, that's not good enough. Why is it wrong? Well, it just is. No, why is it wrong? What, what, what is your understanding that you say that this is wrong? And then, well, you just, you know, the word doesn't say that. All right, well, what does it say? And well, I'll just, well, if you really know, response be wrong. Like, didn't be sure. I'll just go up to somebody and just say wrong. We don't have any record of that. Now he did when they. Have about who would be married in the kingdom, he said he would make an explanation because on this thing you're mistaken. It's not like wrong. I'm not talking about that. Not speaking in tongues. But if somebody were to come to me or you, could you tell me about speaking in tongues? Certainly we can, because I've experienced it. And I can tell you it is not something that you yourself contrive. So if you're sitting there waiting, you know, to be silent and you just you start shaking and you say, and making all this noise that you may have heard other people do. Don't do that. It's something that mother gives her decision to do it. And you'll know it when you have it, you'll speak. And there's times where you'll speak and you won't even know what you're saying, but your spirit is speaking to God. And then there are times where you'll hear somebody else speaking it and you'll get the interpretation of it and you'll hear it. And so that's something that's a gift. Of mother, that's not something that you just you can contrive. Now, now mankind can attempt to contrive it and make noises and say that I'm speaking in tongues because I'm making this foreign language and 
but no, it, it's something that you'll experience, and it will be mother will be upon you or within you to do that. But I've experienced that, so I could ask. I mean, I could answer questions on it. But a lot of that is just you've got to you have to experience it, and then once you experience it, you'll be able to give an answer on it, or you could you know prophesying or you know laying on of hands for healing, uh, different gifts of the spirit that mother gives, but. Um, with this, the the reason for you bringing this out, and especially for us, is, is that it's just always be on guard and be evaluating everything that you do. And that's the main thing that was like you said, that it's not that everything you open your mouth to speak that you know everything exactly to the nth degree. It's just have the mindset and absolution that when you speak about things of faith, that your goal in mind with resolve is to speak the truth of God that you know and speak it confidently and you're not just out flippantly giving opinions, what you feel, what you believe. It, it's not about that. It doesn't mean that we don't give opinions on things, but it's just if you're presenting something to somebody or teaching, you know, be very careful what you're doing because you don't know how it's going to affect them. And not only that, those around them listening, because a lot of these things, you can have a conversation out in public with somebody the other person's getting mad and you're being calm and you truly are calm because you're speaking truth. And you don't know there's somebody just in their car, just kind of, you know, not just listening in and yeah, we'll see how this response is going to be. And, and you don't know how you affect that person that are just sitting around listening and don't say a word to say, well, you know, I'm going to look into this because that behavior there, that is different. They're not combative. And I remember reading the, the Bible and it said that, that Jesus was like that, that he was, and you know, that, that just seems, that's different. I'm going to look into that. And that's the thing. You don't know what effect that you're going to have on somebody. And even the word says that, you know, that when you're suffering and things like that, that you do good because you'll glorify God. Well, um, y'all will be glorified that people will see that and God will get the glory. But, yeah, with these questions like this, um, you know, I was just just thinking about this, and I was just really like, you know, give us information to where it can be for us to learn from, not just we're just giving to other people, but it's for us first. I mean, this is just a huge, I mean, it's great just to hear again, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That is a huge thing, not only in the faith and Yah journey, but just in everything. I mean, think about how much different the world would be if somebody's speaking and you just let them speak and let them finish. Even if they're doing something that's completely wrong, according to God, you need to say something. I'm just thinking about this for me. Why the quick interjection? You know, in a hurry to get something done, get claims done. No, just let the person speak. Just let them get out what they need. And when you know you do that, and then the person will give you more time to speak because you actually allowed them to speak and you gave them time. So with any of these topics, this list of things we're going to talk about, I mean, the, the things that we're given are and apply these lessons, especially for us first. Well, uh, thanks, Wendy. Misrepresentation of what Paul is teaching. Uh, because Paul had made statements of uh, about accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Okay, no, accept Yeshua. Mm -hmm. 
as because you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, but let's take that piece and run with it. And well, that's you just have to accept this as Lord and Savior. You just have to do as Lord and Savior. All the words that surround explain to you what exactly it means for you to accept Messiah as Lord of your life. And if you make him Lord of your life, if you make him Lord of your life, then you will do what he said to do. That you you cannot he cannot be your Lord if you're not going to do what he said to do. And he said that no sinner will enter the kingdom of God. And therefore, if you sin, you will not be there. Period. End of it. Uh, just a, an example of why it's so important that when you read through your Bible uh, and you're listening through your Bible, actually listening and evaluating, being slow to listen, but you can understand the context and everything that surrounds what's being said in order to help make a conclusion when mother gives you the revelation. If you're listening to anything that you can put to interpretation, because God, mother, they give us revelation and revelation is just the revealing of the truth of what revelation is. Interpretation is you interpreting what you think it is rather than what it really is. Because if you can tell somebody exactly what it really is, then you're revealing it to them. And therefore, it's not interpretation, it's revelation, and it's the Speak the truth of God. If you're speaking revelation, that's one thing. You're speaking translated this way, and I translated that way, so it could be done. No, and guess what? There's an avenue of truth. Be making sure that we understand. So as you spend time in the Word, make sure that you're really evaluating and you're having that conversation about how you understand the truth of it. So that if I do speak that, I will I will know what I'm speaking about. And honestly. When is it that you get upset when somebody challenges you and you know if you can't answer their question, isn't that when that's when and the objective always that process of in faith.
to do it less. No, if I don't want an answer to a question, then that just gives me something to look into so I can gain more knowledge and understand. But if I find myself getting frustrated, then that tells me that I'm not secure in the answer, and therefore I'm going to get into it and figure it out. But that's the key, your knee-jerk reaction of being upset because somebody asked your questions because you get upset because you don't answer. You know you're going to look like a fool. And the answer. So I'll come back to you. Really big. It's important from this perspective. Very important that not only you do it yourself, but challenge other people in what they're saying. And if their response is, and they're not going to get on the edge, then good chance that they they were convinced. And then you keep digging to make sure it's true, make sure that it lines up with the twist in the terms of the Bible, not twist in the terms of the to try to convince you that I'm right. No, I don't have to convince you that I'm right. Nor should I try convince you. And with this podcast, that's not the objective of the podcast is not to convince people of these things. The truth in hopes that they will something will trigger them to seek God with all of their heart in order to find the exact same truth. But it's not to go through my mind if you don't know something for sure that you get okay. If I dig a hole and then put the dirt back in and pack the dirt down, you know, everything is solid. Well. Shovel and move that dirt. That so upset. You think if you're secure, like you're not going to be moved. In it. But if you get upset, then they're still you're being moved. Where you're not, it's not as secure as it could be because just like y'all's law, going to sit there and move the rock and you gotta. Oh yeah, y'all just forget it this one time. No, you're, that's why y'all says once more I shake. So that the things that cannot be shaken will remain, and that's the point. Is I shake to get all the to get all the in, you know the impurities and the things that aren't solid to where you have the you change your mind to be having that solid mind for God, where you're not shaken, and therefore why would I get upset? I know this is true. You're not going to shake me on this um, because it just shows that there's still there's still some edge. There's still something you don't know. Something like that, but I want to go back to something you said because this is just is very important. That in order to like the question is, do you know what you're talking about? Okay, and people are convinced that if you say, "How do you get saved?" and they say, "You accept Jesus as Lord and Savior," and you're you're saved. Okay, but here's what's interesting. Going back to the question, do you know what you're talking about? Okay, well, 
does the person really understand what Paul is saying when he says, like you mentioned in the scripture, that just as you have accepted Yeshua as Lord, okay, he continues there and he says, just as you as his, just as you have accepted him as Lord, continue in him and how you were built up in him, okay? So continue to accept him as Lord and Savior. It's just like if you have a phone contract and you sign the contract, you accept the terms. Well, there's a difference between acceptance and acknowledgement. Okay, there's a difference between the Son of God is Jesus and he came to earth and died on the cross. Well, I acknowledge that. I accept, which is saying I acknowledge that he did those things. Okay, but accepting him as Lord and Savior means that whatever he says to do, however he lived, I accept that. And because I accept it, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree to do what he said to do and to walk as he did. So in acceptance, just like you get accepted into college, you could say, yeah, I got accepted into this college, but then you don't go. Well, you got accepted, but you didn't really accept it because you didn't go to college. You didn't complete and get your degree like you wanted to do. So it's not that when somebody says accepting Yeshua as Lord and Savior is wrong. It's just that, do you understand what you're saying when you make that statement, just as you as accepted him as Lord? Okay, that means he says, get away from sin. I'm getting away from sin. I'm obeying his commands because that's what I desire to do. I'm going to walk as he did. <clears throat> I agree with the Old Testament. I agree with what the prophet said. Everything that God says, I agree with, and, and I'm going to walk in it. Well, that's an acceptance of him as Lord. And when you do that, he will become Savior because he can't save you unless you reach out to him first. He can't save somebody that hasn't come to him, hasn't come to the Father first, hasn't come to him, and without mother and spirit, you can't be saved anyway. You know, you have the hope of salvation. So, and we've said this before, we're not bashing where we came from, but there's more to it than what you claim to know what you're talking about. If you're going to claim you accept the Son of God as Lord and Savior, that's different than saying accept Jesus because Jesus allows you to sin and accept, you know, ask for forgiveness and sin. And Yeshua told the woman, called the adultery, or something worse is going to happen to you. So, which is the abyss. So, it's just enough to make sure when you make a proclamation, you know, because somebody could say to us, so you're saying that you don't have to accept the Son of God as Lord and Savior? No. But we're just saying there's more to it than that, and here's why. Here's the answer, not, well, that's just the way it is, or we don't talk about this, or, well, if you're not talking about the things of the Word of God, then do you really know what you're talking about? Because if somebody, well, we don't talk about speaking. So if you're going to reject that, because that's, that's for the Hebrews, that's not for us. But with you making a statement like that, that shows that do you understand what you're talking about? Because what do you mean that Hebrews isn't for you? You you claim to have faith in God, you to be in Christ, but you don't look at the book of Hebrews. Well, there's a problem. So this is just uh, just so many ways that this can help to you know you claim something. You know, then make sure that you're fulfilling what you claim. You know, those who claim to be in Him must. 
walk as he did. That's not a suggestion. <laughs> That's a truth statement. Well, just for the sake of clarification, um, the aspect of accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior is not the way to salvation. Okay? It is what you will have when you follow through the gospel message beginning to end. And that's exactly what Paul was explaining because you have walked through this gospel message. And because you have walked through the gospel message of seeing the father as a terrorist, uh, then came to head to him and then him bringing you to Messiah and then Messiah teaching obedience and then bringing you to mother. It's hugely important to understand that it's the gospel message that saves you by you walking through it in, and you have walked through it in completely circumcision of the heart. Then you have accepted him as Lord, but he's still the Savior until you peace and wrath and so we just want to clarify and we have mentioned tonight in the name of Jesus um, and sometimes just because people uh, don't understand the true name of Messiah which should be referenced but don't use that name because it really gives the, the pretense to people of what's being taught in Christianity and that is not acceptable and so we want to make sure with clarity that people understand that the Jesus that's being Christianity uh, is not the Messiah the truth of God when you talking true son of God but church that they teach teaches they can do things we never agree with and if Messiah wouldn't agree with it, he can't be your Lord. And if he's not your Lord, he can't be your Savior. And if he is your Lord, you're working for him, not him working for you. It's the opposite. Well, I accept him as Lord and say, he does everything for me. You know, change my heart, God. No, no. You have to do the work. You're working for him now. He's not working for you. You're working for him. Don't put the burden of weight of the work that needs to be done on him. He's your Lord. You're, you're a slave to him. You will do everything that he would to do and everything that he said to do. So go through the Bible, look where he said and what he said to do, and do it. But don't just pick and choose here and there. You have to take everything he did and said as a whole in order to be able to bring it to completion. So for the clarification that accepting the Savior does you nothing. You haven't walked through the gospel message because in you walking through the gospel message, you will accept him as Lord, but not only him as Lord, you will accept Abba as Lord first. Then you will accept Messiah as Lord. And then you will accept Mother as Lord, and then you will have the fullness of faith. Therefore, you will have accepted them as Lord. But they don't become Savior until 
you die in this life and go to Abraham's side because prior to that, you can choose to walk away from it. The Bible tells us that. Why would we write that off? If the Bible tells us that you can lose your salvation, or not lose it, but you really just turn away from it, then we write that off. And again, I would challenge somebody who writes that off and say, who gives you the authority to, to choose what you leave in the Bible and what you take out of the Bible? If you don't believe that, then you're not going to believe any of it. So just some uh, aspects that I felt was really important to clarify because um, we, again, we don't want people to think that we're lining people up to this aspect of accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, pray this prayer, and you'll be done. Now, we know that when you walk through the gospel message, when you get to circumcision of the heart, you will, at, at that point, have accepted all three as the Lord of your life, and therefore you will live in accordance with that, doing the works of righteousness, not the works of sin. And that's what approves you as them being Lord over you, is that you live your life without sin and you do what they tell you to do. I was in the store, I think it was either last weekend or weekend before, and I'll speak to this, and I've done this before, so this is just something that came to mind that's interesting to me of, like, do you know what you're talking about, and even do you know what you're doing, not only just what you're talking about. And so I'm sure you've seen this, I don't know if you're, you've been in it recently, but I was in Walmart, and I came around, a, I can't remember what aisle I was in, but I, I think it was on the, like, especially aisle where they have the seasonal stuff. And there was a gospel track that was sitting there. And it's ones that I've seen before because I've put out gospel tracks in, in different places. And it made me think of is, um, is that the way that Messiah did, you know, to where you're going around and if you had something to say or you wanted to speak to somebody, you would just say what you're going to say. But it made me think of would, would you see Messiah just taking gospel tracks, just walking somewhere and just putting a little piece of paper, you know, over in the where the peanut butter is, or I'll put it over here in the cereal so somebody will, will see it, and then you can read it, you know, so that I don't have to have this confrontation with you because I don't know what I'm talking about or, you know, questions that I'm not going to be able to answer. I just find, like, things like that interesting because I've done it, and you think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing, but, you know, I don't know what to say, so I'll just put these tracks, and then somebody else can read it. But the truth is, if somebody really wants it anyway, then they're going to seek God with all their heart, and they'll listen to the law and the prophets anyway. So you putting a gospel track out there is not necessarily going to convince anybody. Now, somebody may get it, pick it up and read it, and it might um, influence them to do something. But th this faith that we have isn't about just laying tracks around. It's somebody asks you a question, then you give a good answer to it. And if somebody wants to talk about it, you talk about it, because that's almost in a way, and not that it's a upper conscience thing, but a lower conscience that you have a fear of somebody challenging you and you don't know how to answer. So it's just easier just to lay the track out there and somebody will get it and they'll read it and then, you know, it'll happen. So just kind of an interesting thing. I'm just not very often, but I'll see him occasionally. I was like, yep, I remember when I did that. And it's like, you just think you just leave it there. And well, you know, God, look at that. I witnessed somebody. I left the track there. And y'all would say, well, is it better to do that? Or is it better to have your own family or somebody around you, you speak to them and with us to them as opposed to just leaving a piece of paper laying around? And 
my thoughts will end with this tonight. <clears throat> that there's a saying in the world that ties exactly into what you're saying. And that is, actions speak louder than words. If you want to witness for God, live it. That, that's the best witness you can be is not going to come from you running your mouth. The best witness you can be is to live it. Let people see your changed life. And that may propel them to want the same thing. It's not a guarantee, but it is the best thing you can do if you want to witness for God, then let your actions speak much louder than your words. And then that may open up an opportunity for you to speak to somebody down the line. And that's for me, that was the thing that came to mind. Actions speak louder than words. Actions will show your true faith in God. And that will be your witness. You will bear witness to the proof of Messiah and his work. Not only Messiah, but Abba and his work and mother and her work. And so let your actions speak much, much more than any words that come out of your mouth. Live the gospel message, live faith in God, and prove to others by what you do that you have that faith. Well said, and I even had a scripture come came to mind that I read recently where when Cain uh, had murdered Abel, that Yah said that the blood of Abel uh, was even speak to him even though he was dead that the blood was crying out. So that just tells you that the life is in the blood. So the action of you do something like that, that the blood um, cries out to God, that, that there's an injustice that's been done. But think about the law of God. The law of God says, do not bear false witness. Okay, well, live the life of God. Don't bear false witness. Don't pretend to be a follower of God and continue to sin. So no, that, that was very well said, but yeah, well, um, that's a good stopping point for us. We'll wrap it up for the evening, but just remember, this goes so deep. This is for yourself. You know, why do you, do you know what you're talking about within yourself when you speak to others? So just something to really evaluate um, on the faith journey. And just a reminder, we do have a podcast on Saturday mornings at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. Do have a, a Facebook page, Hidden Treasures Revealed. And um, email hidden treasures revealed at aol.com. You know, any kind of comments, questions, we really enjoy hearing from you all listening, you know, just to hear from you what you're getting out of the podcast. You have any questions, any comments, anything like that. But yeah, just just encourage everybody out there, just um, take what's being said here, evaluate it, and discover it for yourself. And um, you'll discover the truth of God by seeking with all your heart. And um, for me and Phil here, Wish everybody a good in, good evening, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, 
you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.